and welcome to Be Dead Source, your home for a bunch of little stuff. My name's Nathan, your nine distinct topics host. <laughs> My name's Andy, your Tarhoon, the Hittite God of Thunder host. Ooh, and I'm Pat, your Ampere's host. I've pretty much given up on doing anything like in, like I've, I've lost the plot on the lightning jokes. Like I feel like I've used all of them up now. Um, so I appreciate that both of you guys found new, I don't know either of them were jokes, but they were things that you said that were related to lightning and I appreciated well, I, it. There were references. I'm pretty sure we've done ohms before, but I'm not sure if we've done amperes. Uh, maybe somebody can go back and check if we've done amperes before mm. or not. <laughs> I'd rather not know. <laughs> I mean, Jack, I'd be Jack, I'd, Jack, I'd be impressed Jack. if you did. So, what are we doing today? Uh, well, uh, it's going to be a lightning round. But why don't we go ahead and talk? Uh, hey, how's how's your week going? What's going on with you guys? My week's going good. Um, so I cooked for the second time for D and D. Not the second time ever, but for the second time in the last couple of weeks um i've got my vegetable mm-hmm. curry recipe that goes heavy on the garlic heavy on the ginger uh i've been pretty happy with this recipe i think it came out better this time um i put the mm-hmm. potatoes in earlier so what i've been kind of doing is like um you put in a little bit of grease in the pan uh i actually used olive oil uh and put in the potatoes first Get a little sear on them, and then you get the onions in there, you start caramelizing the onions, and then, uh, like, turn down the heat and just start adding the rest of the vegetables, the peppers, uh, the green and red peppers, the poblano peppers, um, and then cutting up the ginger takes by far the longest. Um, I actually need to get a grater for the ginger. I don't mind um, the little chunks of ginger, because I kind of like the spice, but um, it is better practice to grate your ginger, just to give it sort of a more even spice throughout, rather than, like, little hot pockets of spice. <laughs> hot pockets. Um, when you want a hot And I got a little bit of feedback today about that. Um, I basically ran out of time um, mincing the ginger down. I didn't get it down very far, and I was like, oh, it's time to go. I didn't mean to criticize. No, I I appreciate feedback, actually. Um, So I do... Did I hear correctly that you don't own a box grater? Uh, Yeah, I need to get a a grater. I have a tiny little cheese one. Right, I didn't... (laughs) <laughs> I didn't mean to like, like call you out. Like that wasn't me. Like trying to make you feel bad about no, no, not only a greater. I just like use mine. Like I actually, to give you an idea, I have two of them because I use them so often that I'll go to reach for it and realize it's dirty. So I'll have to grab the second one because I used it on lunch or whatever, and I haven't. No, to it me, yet. it's like it's a fun opportunity to add like another cooking tool to my arsenal. Um, I don't really Hell cook yeah. a lot, but it's something that, you know, I obviously need to do for, like, it's, it's better for my health. It's, it's cheaper than buying, like, pre-made store-bought food. Um, there's mm-hmm. just, like, a lot of benefits to doing it, and it's just better practice to just, you know, cook for yourself. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, I want to get into the habit of doing that, and then, like, that'll be a nice little adventure for a reason for me to leave the house to go pick up a grader, because I don't have that many reasons to leave the house. <laughs> I've, I've realized a few years back that I really enjoy eating oh, food, sure. and I don't enjoy paying restaurant prices. Absolutely <laughs> so, not. Uh, I think I'm, like... I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I've like I'm a pretty good cook now. Um, I'm no I'm not interested in being a chef. I don't want to spend my day like chopping vegetables or whatever. Um, but I really do like cooking at home and sort of coming up with different like flavor profiles for different things and playing around. with It's stuff. an important so life skill. I, like I fully support. Every adult should be able to cook a meal and not just like you know what I used to do was just like make hot dogs and like eat chef boyardee out of <laughs> right. a can. Like that's the, first of all, that's terrible for your salt. And second, like that's, it's better to just cook. Like you'll eat better. You'll eat healthier food. The, the benefits are manifold. Well, just, it'll, it'll taste, taste better. 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 Like, like after you've been, yeah, after you've been doing it for a while, like the first thing you cook will not taste great, but it will taste fine. And, like, but the twentieth time you made it, it will taste very good, and you will learn what all the spices in it do, and like realize you need to add more of this or less of that or whatever. And I still use the store bought yeah. curry. Uh, I'm not at the point of of making like my own curry out of like spices. I hope to get there eventually. But um, the store bought curry, the cans, or I guess they're really like jo- like mason jars. Um, I mean, those yeah. are totally delicious and serviceable and i don't really see a problem with using those for now um that'll be the next step yeah Yeah. zero zero judgment on that that's great and i will also say just in general i found one of the biggest like uh things i can do to to make sure that i make something delicious that what i'm cooking turns out well is to do as much pre-chopping and pre-measuring before i start any heating Mm. Because once you start the cooking, I often find that like it, 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 the next steps start to come fast and furious, and I need to be ready with with things to add rather than scrambling trying to like measure stuff out. Yeah, you're locked in and, at that and, point, and then get it in on time. You're right. You're on a timetable. The clock's mm-hmm. ticking. So um, that's one of the things that I try to do as much as I reasonably can is 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 prep out beforehand but i can throw my um my curry recipe up on the doobly-doo and um like if people have recipes for making the the homemade curry instead of the uh canned curry i will also take those gladly (laughs) i'm guessing that it will include curry powder yeah Yeah. at a minimum oh certainly i have awesome I made well, some, uh, I've recently gotten into Instapot cooking, um, which has expanded, speaking of, you know, new cooking tools, that has expanded my, my abilities, uh, a lot over the last few months. And whoa, man. It's Can you fun. tell me a little <laughs> bit about what Instapot I... is? So it's a, um, it's a pressure cooker. Um, and, it, what you generally are doing with it is doing kind of a one pot meal. So, for instance, I made a curry in the in, with an Instapot, and it started using it almost like a frying pan with very very tall sides. 
um, <laughs> like sautéing um, onions, uh, onions and garlic and ginger and uh, nice. oil, and and then um, you know add some other stuff and like I've made a um, I made a madras lentils um, with dry beans dr- from with dry lentils and dry kidney beans and. and Put it in the Instapot with in the pressure cooker, and it made that it, in an hour, one hour from dry beans. That's awesome, and it was oh so good. So um, I I'm all about adding new tools to your cooking repertoire. I guess. Oh yeah. Ooh, and like if I can mention one thing that I I've thought is very cool about our like group of friends that we play D and D with, uh, Andy since we went vegan has since gone vegetarian and has been vegetarian for like a good bit now. Yeah. Uh, and I think probably over a year now. Yeah. And so one thing the group has done is like, we'll switch off like cooking or buying meals or whatever. And certainly some of us do it more often and better than others. <laughs> um, but like, it's cool because like, we didn't talk about it. We didn't have a discussion. We just started cooking vegetarian meals when we get together. And so I think Lexi would be appreciative of that. Like, yeah, that's like several people not eating meat. And and like (laughs) Like for what it's worth under like slight protest from me, if anything, because I don't want to feel like I'm pushing anyone else to like alter their diets. But everybody was like, no, we don't care. We don't need the meat. We're fine. We're having a day without. Right. And from what I from what I remember, it wasn't even a discussion. We just we just did it, you know, like yep. maybe we talked about it for a minute, but it wasn't like we didn't hold a vote or anything. Nobody like other than you <laughs> I mean, like had any problem with it. Right. <laughs> and it's just like kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. In fact, um, in fact, Matt has mentioned that he is like more and more eating less and less meat in general since that himself and just yeah, eating same. more vegetarian as a result, because he's finding more, he's he's looking for more recipes when he's prepping for Sundays mm. and finding other stuff he wants to make and just sort right. of doing it. Yeah, in general, since our vegan month, I've like eaten less and less meat. Um, it's just like it's Same. like once you once <laughs> you think about it, like, and not even out of just out of like it, I don't need to. Like, there's not there's not really a reason to. Yeah. Um, I'm perfectly satisfied by having vegetarian meals and I like having the option to have meat in my diet as well. But I've somehow managed to radically yeah. increase the amount of vegetables that I eat without decreasing the amount of meat that I still consume, unfortunately. <laughs> so now I'm just eating both. Um, <laughs> well, right. it's better. I, that's great. I mean, and I feel like your diet was not tremendous before that uh, either it was basically like, terrible it was it was close to the worst that you could do with a few exceptions so that is excellent so that's how past um, week's been going <laughs> yes we've been we've been working on the house like i might have a move coming up here pretty soon but like we've been working on the house and it's like kind of exciting like Part of it is, like, we're finally making the house nice just in time not to be here anymore, which is, like, kind of shitty. Um, but, like, I – so we have – like, my basement runs the entire length of my house. And so it's, like, a, a huge room split into two. And there's, like, the 
the finish side that we never actually finished. And then there's a utility side. And so what I've been working on this week is there, uh, like the outside walls just haven't been painted in like 70 years. Wow. So I've been scraping off old paint and, um, like just cleaning it out. Cause it's like, it's dusty. It's like we go down there to do laundry and then leave the room instantly. So we don't actually have to like interact with it. So we've cleared all the stuff out and I've like been sweeping a lot and I've been painting and like you look at it now and it's like, Oh, this looks kind of good. Like, why didn't I do this like a decade ago when I moved in so we could actually like live someplace nicer? Um, so that's going to be like, we're going to make the house nice just in time to not be here anymore for it. So, um, but it's like, it's, I love doing projects like that because they make, they give me like a sense of accomplishment, uh, after I've finished them. So this is definitely like, I can scrape paint, I can paint myself and, um, yeah. So that's been, that's been, I don't want to say fun, but satisfying well, and well, tiring. Well, something to remember for the next place, like just in time for you to finish a bunch of products to sell the place, then like the next place you move into, you can immediately start doing projects again. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I feel like, uh, and have we talked about your, uh, your thing recently, Andy? No. I can't remember whether we mentioned it yet or not. I mean, I think it, we mentioned it, but uh, we mentioned it when it was early in the process. You guys want to know so, about how my week's been? Yeah, then? I would love to hear. Should we, how's, is yeah. that a good how's, transition? How's yeah, baby. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Um, we wrapped up the Star Wars campaign uh, that I've mentioned that, um, you know, I, I made that uh, like a homebrew and I, I was, I liked it. Um, there's definitely some changes I want to make to it, um, but it was a lot of fun, and, and it it's scratches great. my Star Wars. It, it was a lot of fun. So. It was tremendous. It was a little bit of a bittersweet ending, just like, you know, anytime you end a campaign saying goodbye to characters and wrapping up the plot and stuff, um, mm-hmm. but did you happen to buy, did you buy anything recently? Maybe you might have purchased something uh yeah good question well you know and you mentioned some doing some projects and stuff um and we've we've been dropping a few uh, a few bucks recently at lowe's ourselves um oh that's not not home depot they donate too much to republicans for my taste (laughs) right um but um yeah uh, some some various products and stuff all uh Kind of geared around uh, fixing up this house we just bought. Bow, 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 bow. Oh wow! Congratulations! Hey. Yeah, yeah. Nice. is is I'm so excited. It's this gorgeous Tudor in South Euclid. It's um, it's got it's huge. I mean, it's not you know a billionaire mansion or anything but um it it's it's so big it's gonna have it has so much room i'm very excited but it needs some a serious some serious facelifting and it needs a few for real improvement projects so um one of the things i'm gonna be i'm trying to figure out how to balance uh, we have we have a few weeks we've about five or six weeks before we move in And there's a certain number of things that we have to get done before we can move in. Mm -hmm. One of those things is, is sanding down 
and then refinishing the floors. It's hardwood floors throughout the house. Which is amazing. Oh, it's gorgeous. Which is great. You'll love it. I mean, they yeah. are, but they are in bad shape right now. Not all of them. Some of them really don't need to be done, but we're doing, we have to do most of them. So there's four bedrooms and a full bath on the second floor. Well, the bath doesn't have hardwood floors, but there's four bedrooms on the second floor and a third floor that has a owner's suite with a, with two closets. Um, and the bathroom, the bathroom isn't hardwood. So like <laughs> there's, it's carpet. No. As you want every bathroom to be. Shag no. carpet specifically. Yes. No, no. <laughs> uh, but what I, but, but ultimately like it's, that's one of those kinds of projects that it's not that complicated. There's some challenges and stuff to pay attention to, but like, it's very doable. I know how to do it. I've done this before when I was much younger. Um, there's so much surface area that uh, doing it in the time frame required seems like a tall order. And I don't know if there's a way that we'll be able to partition anything off really necessarily. We'd like to be able to do it all at once. I'm, I'm just not really sure how that's going to go, but... Um, that's one of my, that's at this point, one of my biggest concerns. Um, but yeah, you know, some paint, um, filling in, fixing up some ceilings and we ripped out, we did a little bit of demo, um, on the day we got our keys on Friday. Uh, we, we took a hammer and crowbar to some shelves in the living room. Oh, isn't that so satisfying? Oh my God, it's the best. Demo is the best. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) so Back in my youth, when I was in my, like, late teens and early 20s, I worked as a landscaper and as a super for, like, a a bunch of apartments and houses and stuff for, you know, a a landlord. Um, And I got these jobs specifically because I wanted to learn the skill sets. Smart. Because I wanted to be able to do, be handy. I wanted to know what to do, how to fix stuff when I eventually bought a house. Now, it took a much longer than I thought it was going to. But, that's more, that's not really my fault. It's partly my fault. But, (laughs) now that I'm here, I'm very excited to dust those skills off. Um, my wife has never actually experienced me really testing the skill set because we've been renting, so I'm not going to do anything. We're just going to call the landlord because why would I risk screwing something up? Right. Um, exactly. And secondly, I haven't done much, many like handy projects or like building stuff for, for us for the house or anything because we're already we're bursting at the seams. We don't have room for the stuff we have in this house. So, um, yeah, I'm just really excited to get to kind of um, flex that muscle a bit. Can I just say that's like so that's like super genius levels of planning, though. Like that that's like super villain origin stories, like uh, levels of, <laughs> of genius. <laughs> I guess. I mean. It just seemed like practical, like when I was, um, you know, home for summer during college and stuff like that, I was like, all right, I need to get a job. I need a job that A, is going to be seasonal, B, 
is going to pay decently. I'd like something where I get some exercise, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, landscaping fit the bill perfectly. And it occurred to me that, like, you know, I'm designing gardens for other people's homes. I should take away, you know, actually learn something rather than just be a dumb grunt and do the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on, when I, after college, when I moved back and I was looking for a job, um, I kind of, um, stumbled into it, it the, um, doing the super job, um, uh, what do you call that? Superintendent, yeah, I guess? Superintendent. Super... Yeah. Um, I kind of accidentally backed into it, but, um, when the opportunity presented itself, the reason I wanted to do it was because, yeah, I want to learn how to do all this stuff. Oh, yeah. So. It's awesome. Um, anyway. Well, good for you. Speaking of backing into things, uh, why don't we go ahead and talk Back about that some stuff? <laughs> oh. Um, are no, we, sorry. are we rolling dice today? I have my dice ready. Okay. Cool. 2d6. 2d6. All right. Three, two, one, roll it. Ooh, I have a low one. I got a nine. I have five. I also have a nine. Ooh. So Pat's plan of avoiding, uh, avoiding ties, uh, totally failed. Uh, shall we roll again? Yes. Good sir. Sure, sure, sure. Three. Let's go. Dos. Eins. I got a nine again. I got a ten, baby. Ooh, Two fives. That means that Nathan is gonna start us off. No, mm. that means that that dice roll was invalid and undemocratic. <laughs> well, actually, I think you and get your choice. I am but going to storm your. Do you want to go first? I do get my uh, choice, and yes, I'm fine. Ooh, see, um. if you go third, then you get to like trump everybody with your amazing topic at the end. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I think I have gone last quite a few times. I'm gonna I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna choose to go first. Who's on um, timer? I'm on duty. timer duty. I got it. <sighs> okay, duty. I think yeah. I think we sort of backed into it being a tradition that Pat does it. Okay. Uh, all right. So my for my first topic. Um, well, who's second? I would like to Am talk. I second. Yeah, if you want to be. Okay. Yes. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. That works. All right. Cool. 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 So for my first topic, I would like to talk about um, the replacement of uh, Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer with uh, Katanji Brown Jackson. Uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, I believe. Yeah. With Katanji Brown Jackson. And uh, there are a lot of things involved in this, but uh, she seems like (laughs) – here's the thing – She's she's fine. You know, she's good. I think she has a good record. She is uh, supremely qualified for the job. Mm-hmm. She's obviously like she's Joe Biden's pick. So she's not as progressive as I would like. Um, I'm like always looking to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But, you know, I don't know. Isn't that that she exists. like one of the or the most qualified candidate like of all time or close to it? Like <laughs> she's. She's certainly more qualified than several members of the current court combined. Right. So she has like a um, ton of bench I mean, experience. She has a ton of federal level experience. 
Um, she's just been in the game for a long time. Well, I mean, she does. Yeah, she has a ton of. She is very qualified, and I think, I think definitely argue, uh, but arguably more qualified than some people on on the court as well. Some of her um, colleagues, so to speak. But um, I mean, when you talk about One- the qualifications of a Supreme Court justice, like. To a, more or less qualified, I think that there's different qualifications. Like some, they'll spend some of them will spend more time clerking for other su- Supreme Court justices, and some will spend which she's done more twice, time, right? Some will she's, spend more. She's clerked for two justices. Okay, yeah, you just said that. Mm-hmm. That's what twice means, right? <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, I, I was two two different ones, you know, not the, the same one. Twice. You, you can you can you can continue your point, or you can be ejected <laughs> about it. Um. So. So, well, anyway, I'm trying to remember where Still I was. Still on the clock, though. Uh, so she, so like other, okay. So the, um, she, one of the, one of the interesting things about her that she's done that, that none of the, no other Supreme Court, no, SCOTUS, whatever's have done, um, SCOTUSes, SCOTUSi, Sco- um, SCOTI. is she worked as, um, in, what is it, the, uh, as a, uh, public uh, defender. Uh, as a public me, defender? A criminal defender. Not only a criminal yes. defender, which is a something... public defender, like one of the ones that you get assigned for free, as is your right. Yeah. To a defense lawyer in a criminal trial, which I believe she is the very first Supreme Court justice to have ever done that in her priors in her right. Sure, we can we can check on that, but it's certainly the only one on the court right now. That is actually true, Um, and like that's a cool thing to me. It's very funny to me um, because her whole questioning by the Senate Republicans was basically a clown show um but one of the things that they were very careful to do they were like and you know that service is to your credit and we can't hold that against you but here's the ways that we're going to try to hold that against you judge jackson has got a lot to be proud of she's accomplished a lot in her life she's a good person i'm sure she's a great mother and um very gifted uh person she's fought hard to be where she's at in life I'll vote no. I'm the first first time I've ever voted against any Supreme Court nominee. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Before we move on too much, I also want to point out she was not only a public defender who defended people who, like, maybe you don't like. You know, like, she defended people who were, like, sometimes just straight up guilty because she sure. believed in the system. But she also defended, like, uh, prisoners at Gitmo, mm-hmm. uh, like, in Guantanamo yep. Bay. Like yeah. people who were potentially uh, uh, people who were potentially terrorists that like Republicans obviously hate and like may- maybe they were and maybe they weren't but like she believes in the law and she believes that everybody de- uh, deserves a full throated defense and of course Republicans don't believe in that and so they tried to throw it back in her right. face right well I think and I think maybe this is a good point in place to point out also another first that she is is the first black woman on the supreme court yep out of 232 i believe which may justices i mean i feel like some people suspect that that may have something to do with why the republicans don't like her what i don't necessarily want to say that that's what i think but that has been thrown out there 
I mean, it definitely is. And I would say <laughs> it's it's why some of the Republicans don't like her. It's definitely why the Republican base doesn't like her. And it's why Republican senators were going after her. Well, a lot of – and maybe this is something that Pat was kind of driving at. A lot of what the Republican questioning had to do with was trying to fi- make her, like, take a stance on um, – trying to make her say, oh, I'm pro-abortion or I'm, th- uh, I'm pro-Obamacare. So, like, they wanted to make her – say something that right that they would try to hang her with like about um about being a a court that's gonna try and write law basically well and what they were actually trying to do is they had a big public stage and could talk for an hour or talk for half an hour at a time and what they were trying to do was build up some clips for their political ads in the midterms which in all fairness, that's also what the Democrats were there to do: is build up a whole bunch of clips of them sucking her d- for their their d- ads too. Like that's what those so, hearings are about. Some, but like <laughs> their like their questions most and comments were like at least right. Their questions and comments were at least on topic. Like Republicans would they they kept on trying to tag her as soft on pedophilia mm-hmm. yeah, and soft weird. on murder, which is weird coming from the party that seemingly loves and, pedophilia that will and get link her later. to critical race theory they have more pedophiles in right. office than like any critical other race party. theory like and like there's a point where she just said like the first time and then she said over and over again like i don't know anything about like i haven't ever never used critical race theory in the way i try cases and i won't be using it in the future and like one minute warning that would have should have been the end of it but but no, but it was yeah. it was embarrassing to watch the Republicans, but like they're they're immune from embarrassment, so it doesn't really matter. So I think that well, she certainly a... like whether or not she was a black woman would have come under attack. Yes, I think from that's true. Republicans, I, I think that that's just anyone that Joe Biden appointed. Um, I think maybe those uh, attacks were a little bit more um, targeted. And maybe a little bit more motivated because of that, but like I, I think that that's like just the fact of what. Well, but the the reason why the reason why we know that they attacked her specifically because she was African American was because they started started attacking her before we knew her name. Uh, Trump had said that he was going to pick a woman for the Supreme Court, um, and we didn't hear a peep from them. But Biden, and that's time. You all know what I was going to say. It's fine. Republicans. Yeah, fuck them. God damn it. Anyway, I believe well, is... that is to uh, Andrew. Uh, well, I think what I'm going to do is hop on this um anti GOP bandwagon. Yeah, baby. Um, Welcome to the gang. Here's what they've been doing that's got me all pissed off lately. Well, one of the things that they've been doing that's got me all pissed off lately. <laughs> one of many. Yeah, there's, there's plenty. Well, three of the things. So anyway, all right. Three three main things here. One, um, a law passed in Texas that uh, basically um, allows people to turn in parents who with trans kids. Uh, so... Um, for child abuse, um, it's really, really bad. 
Um, the second thing is a law in Florida known as the Don't Say Gay Law that essentially bans schools from um, in giving instruction on gender and sexual orientation through the third grade. And Great. the third thing is not a law, but is a um, headline, which is uh, and, and, and a, a, a front in the culture wars. Um, swimmer, trans swimmer Leah Thomas, um, and what she's been going through recently, she's been getting dragged in headlines. Um, so she, right. uh, is a trans swimmer. She recently, um, was competing and, uh, lost to another trans swimmer who, uh, well, we can get a little bit into that one, but basically she has become a lightning rod for a lot of transphobia um, under the guise of quote-unquote fairness, which ironically, um, you wouldn't see these people thinking that you need to worry about fairness in like any other sort of marketplace, but suddenly they want to make sure that everything is very even level playing field, make sure everybody's got the level playing field in swimming all of a sudden they care right. about and <laughs> passing laws in states where literally there isn't one like incident this is the yeah. thing about republicans like you ask them like oh what is this def like give me an example of that thing and they've they've got nothing right. crt so like, i think trans um, bathroom bills what like yeah i mean pick your pick your poison there what do you, which were the, which of those are you do you guys want to well talk let's about? start with uh, the Ooh, I think right off the bat, let's start with the most horrifying one, which is like turning yeah. in parents for child abuse, uh, abducting children, literally abducting children and putting them into CPS, which I mean, CPS does the best they can. But like, you don't really want to wind up in CPS. Like, it's better to be in a loving home. Right. With now, parents I want to say and like yeah. and, and, and just just inventing things that they they want to call child abuse, even though it's clearly not. Right. Like, right. because... Right. Th this this is horrifying. Like, parents <laughs> are terrified, and, like, rightly so. Like, they don't know when CPS is going to come knocking at their door. And I saw an interview with a CPS worker. Like, they don't want to be there yeah. doing this either. Um, one of the workers compared it to, uh, you know, working as a, a, a German mm. under Nazi regime and, and being forced to turn sure. in people. Um, like it's, it's just a horrifying situation all around. And like, he doesn't want to uncover evidence that means that he has to report somebody like, you know, it, it just seems awful yeah. all around. Um, something that yeah. I, I want to, a few, a couple things I want to make sure to weigh in uh, about on here. Um, so something that hopefully will make people feel better. Um, so the ACLU, um, Adri Perez is sort of the, the heading this up, I guess, or the heading the PR from the ACLU on this. And there's some interview he did with PR, with NPR. They did. I don't know. Adri Perez's gender at all. Uh, my name is Adri Perez. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm a policy and advocacy strategist for the ACLU of Texas, specifically for LGBTQIA plus equality. Uh, um, 
told NPR in an interview that the letter has no legal effect. They cannot curtail anyone's constitutional rights. The attorney general and the governor can share their opinions, but it is just their partisan opinion that have been created to target transgender kids and their families, which, I mean, okay, that's also just rhetoric, but that does signal to me that the ACLU is ready to step in and defend the constitutional rights here. But, so, but no, like I, I do think yeah. that right. Well, but it's not it's not rhetoric though, because the Republican Party is like they're anti constitution, they're anti child, they're anti family. They are bad. They are villains. So it's not it's not rhetoric. It's just like acknowledging objective fact. Well, and and let's talk for a second about like what is being alleged as child abuse, because like. In a lot of these situations, these are choices that are made by the child. This isn't the parent saying, like, you know, hey, like, can I pressure you into being something that you're not? This is just, like, removing the boundaries and saying, like, you know, you can be who you want to be. Um, Like, I guess that's child abuse to some people. Well, and this bill will, like, will kill children. I mean, just straight up. If So part of the bill is it requires teachers to out children to their parents who often will kick them out of the Mm -hmm. house. It When children are outed without their, against their will, it increases cases of suicide by double. I mean, it, it. Like, causes them to get kicked out yeah. of their houses. Like, this is uh, just, bad. Some, this is I mean, really bad. Just to brighten the mood maybe on this a little bit. Um, yeah, from, so, um, when, a little, a little, at my church, uh, I, um, when I went back as a young adult, I, I, I was doing some, the, the youth theater with the kids there. And now, you know, 10, 15 years later, um, a couple of those kids actually, but one in particular is a tra- is trans, and I just happened to be seeing pictures on social media of them on a going to like a some sort of a, a not a prom but like a college prom. I don't know, dressed up and taking pictures and doing this stuff, and it occurred to me how important it is. I mean. I think it's really great that that people eventually are able to, you know, come out and and embrace their true selves um in their later in life um when, you know, any time is good. It's good to be able to do that eventually, right? But being able to f- figure out who you are um at that at a young age enables you to go mm-hmm. through the whole dating process as your true self and creates because I know I know at least one, no, I know yeah. a couple trans people who have, like, they lost their marriage over it because they had to, you know, they needed to be, to, to embrace themselves. And one okay. minute warning. So I'll, uh, anybody else, if you want to say stuff on other stuff. I kind of got my piece out on it, Nathan. You got, you want to weigh in? Uh, I do want to say it's- that, um, in uh reference to mm. the Leah Thomas uh yeah, we story covered that one. uh Joe Rogan Joe Rogan said that uh letting her swim was quote an assault on women's sports so mm. another great yeah. take by um Joe Rogan 
Yeah. Go and listen to that episode. Full of it. Um, it's not. And screw him, screw Hillary Clinton, screw J.K. Rowling, screw anybody who, um, oh, and also Caitlyn Jenner also, just for whatever it's worth. The entire Republican Party. She sucks. Even, I mean, she's trans, but that's not why she sucks. And time. Right. Trans and anti-trans yeah. at the yeah. same time. Cool. We, we did it. Ooh, could we just do... Hey, why don't we just do a whole app where I we mean, just get on Republicans? That's every, that's every app yeah, we do uh, that. We don't need a... Pat, what, what anti-Republican topic do you want to talk about mm. now? Well, um, I don't know that this has a ton to do with Republicans, um, but... I'll make it work. Don't worry. Oh, boy. So, recently... Um, the UN Human Rights Council held a vote to uh, suspend Russia over their actions in Ukraine. And um, the, the council did vote to suspend Russia. Um, they, the countries on the UN Human Rights Council um, served like three-year terms. And Russia, um, after the vote, decided that they actually had already quit the UN Human Rights Council. <laughs> right. Like minutes before, like two minutes before the vote, they were like, uh, nope, we don't want that. We're out. Yeah. And so, um, like, it's interesting. Like, there are a lot of countries that have done similar things to, uh, what's going on in Ukraine. Um, you know, bombing civilians. Um, but, uh, the line is being drawn on Russia here and Russia, I mean, a big part of international cooperation and like the UN is including countries like Russia and China, um, Iran, you know, countries that were not necessarily on the best of that terms are actively anti human rights. Um, in order to, you know, stem human rights abuses. Um, there's a funny thing in international law is like, um, you know, they're, they're sort of like international suggestions because like without the force of like a governing body or like a standing army, um, it kind of lacks the force to uh, enforce mm-hmm. what we know as international yeah. law. So they're just sort of like agreements. Like, um, here's the thing. Uh, I, and you kind of, I mean, we joked about it, but like, in order for it to matter that the UN suspended Russia from the Human Rights Council, Russia needs to care that the UN suspend, or that, you know, that the UN suspends them from the Human Rights Council, which they don't mm-hmm. if they were ready to just quit beforehand right. anyway, even if it was, you know, just in a little temper tantrum. So it doesn't matter. Right, and matter. they'll be back on in three years anyway, and... The only reason they're on it in the first place is so they can veto human, yeah, like yeah. human rights. You know, like they're, like they're just on it for the opposite reason of why it exists. So, I mean, what, like, fine, whatever. It's, it's good that it happened. It's good that the international community is mm-hmm. sort of holding their, the, uh, their feet to the fire. I wish, but I mean, sanctions are still I going wish strong. That the UN was effective. Um, I, it's such a, like, it's, the right Man. concept, the right, like, basic idea 
And then it's just so wet noodle. It's just absolutely a joke. And it also bothers me that we don't elect anybody to that. It's not democratic at all. Like, everybody's just appointed. So, hear me out. If, if, yeah, the, yeah. if the problem is that we don't have, like, a force that is enforcing international law, we could think about giant mech robots that enforce okay, I'm with you. international law mm-hmm. and like in lieu of having like wars and international conflicts we could just decide the fate of countries by uh battling giant robots against each oh, other or okay wait wait i'm i'm with you mostly but hold on if boppers. i can make a slight adjustment sock and boppers Ooh, that too yeah um here's here's what i want I, yes, yes to like giant, like robot <laughs> kaiju all over the planet. But, but what we do is we all like donate like resources and money and whatever to build these mm-hmm. things. And we have them controlled by a rogue AI. And <laughs> it's not, it's not international law that decides what happens. It's Isn't the that AI the that decides how it enforces international law. G Gundam and, and loosely, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Well, that um, too. Yes. But yeah, I mean, what's, what's going on in, in Ukraine? I mean, obviously we covered it a little bit before. Um, it's still terrible. Civilians are still getting bombed. Um, Russia, I think, has like shifted their priorities to the east of the country and have sort of retreated from Kiev at the moment. Um, right. But the, the thing that I think is important is that the Ukrainians are doing way better than even we talked about in the episode we did. Like the Ru- Russians are like, they said that they're going to back away, which is clearly not what they're doing. They're moving into the eastern part of Ukraine closer to the Russian border. So that way they have a like a higher density of troops in one place. Um, but they have committed atrocious, absolutely atrocious war crimes over and over and over again. As of this recording a few days ago, they bombed a train station. Mm-hmm. Uh, they shelled a train station where uh, civilians were trying to get out of the country. They killed, at last I heard, at least 50 uh, men, women, and children and um, injured hundreds more in that attack. So they're monsters. They're, I mean, specifically Putin is a monster, but you know, like if you're the tentacle of a monster, you're sort of a monster too. So they're, they're awful. They're awful people, but they're also like, they're monsters and they're losing, um, which they weren't supposed to do. Like the Ukrainians don't have enough soldiers to make them lose, but I've seen footage of one Ukrainian tank taking out nine uh russian uh tanks on its own just because of like it was smartly uh positioned and like forced them into an ambush right you know like they are doing so much with the little that they have One and they're doing better than we ever suspected they could mm. so my, Russia bad. Certainly my assessment. Ukraine good. My, my early assessment of the war was that like, you know, war, that Russia has eventuality, that they just have the resources that they would 
eventually be able to overtake Ukraine's defenses. Now I'm having to reassess that um, because they're seeing like supply issues and it's like very close to Russia. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they're seeing logistical issues. Well, and the other thing is like they went into Chernobyl and every like the international community, like international press was like they went into Chernobyl and apparently they didn't tell their soldiers like, hey, you're in Chernobyl because people have been coming out of there like a Russian soldier died of radiation poisoning. There's drone footage of them having dug uh, dug foxholes mm-hmm. in Chernobyl. Like That's time. I don't it's know fine. if you know much about like the way radiation works, but generally you don't want to dig yeah. up <laughs> like radio radioactive soil. Like, I don't. Really, I do know how. Well, time we went. Works. We went some places with the uh, with the UN yeah. topic. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Russia. Uh, is that back to me now? Who's me now? Yeah, because I was third. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, I was going to talk about uh, how Republicans in Tennessee. Uh, have introduced a bill letting anyone marry a child Ooh, of any age. Yeah. And when they pointed it out, they decided, like, that's cool. Um, but I feel like, and oh, man, it's hard for me to say this. I feel like maybe we've, like, bashed Republicans enough for one episode. No. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, but here's what I would like, uh, I'd like to talk about. Um, it's been a few days. Uh, it's been like a week and a half. Uh, but, uh, I'd like to talk about April Fool's Day. Is this really? some kind of a um, joke? Because, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is not. So I have seen several people, and I think, Andy, based on the way we've talked about it in the past, I've seen several people say recently, like, yeah, it's the worst day of the year. And uh, like the, Matt said that, not me. And I have a, well, and I have, and I've heard it from a few different people um, beyond that too, but... I always I have a tradition on like March 31st of every year of posting something to the uh to the um tune of uh if you're not both smiling after you've played a trick on somebody you screwed up your April Fool's yeah, prank. Yeah, after you do the reveal that you were kidding, um, they should be la- they should laugh. Exactly. If they feel bad after you've done the thing that you're doing, you did a bad job. And so what <laughs> I wanted to talk about is uh, well, a, I would like to say you could have done a better job. No, you did a bad job. If you made somebody feel bad, <laughs> you did a bad job. I mean, it depends on what you're. If your if your goal was to make a person we're feel bad, to help them do better. April Fool's joke. We're trying to help people do it better, right? Right. Well, my. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine if people yeah. don't do it at all. Too. Anyway, sorry. Um, but. I think uh, April Fool's Day, generally not a good thing, but mostly because people don't know how to do it. And they feel like they have to do it. It's it's become like on St. Patrick's Day, even if you don't like it in the West, you wear green. I hate it. Just because you don't want to have to deal with people like pinching you. <laughs> like, I hate it. Right. So like people do it out of obligation. And like this should not be a holiday that's done out of obligation. I have never once had someone pinch me for not wearing green. Uh. On St. Patrick's yeah. Day it hasn't happened. Is it because you've been wearing green? Maybe because my name's Patrick. Yeah, I I don't um I don't really ah. put up with that either. Uh, I'm not down with the pinching on the St. Patrick's Day, but I know it's a surprise to no one to hear me say that 
you know, something like, oh, I hate St. Patrick's Day being Irish and, and it's just a total disaster. <gasps> but I'm going to actually what? defend April Fool's Day a little bit. Now, I am not going to defend the bad pranking. People do need to learn how to do pranks better. But. Please do. It's a lot of fun when you know people who can do it right. Um. So do you know people who can do it right? Not really, no. <laughs> then what are you talking about? I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I, I, I sh- what I should say is, I don't know anyone who does actively go and do April Fool's pranks and do them correctly. I, I know probably a bunch of people who would do them right if they wanted to. One of the things um, I see a lot is I see like announcements for people like on on Twitter like maybe if you're like a YouTuber or something like announcing that you're going to delete your channel and just be an exclusively like TikTok content creator or um like I've seen a couple of people who like announced that they were pregnant who are male or Bazinga <laughs> announced that they are gay which um like I didn't go to double check but i don't think that that person is gay but maybe they are i don't know um but they did announce it on april 1st yeah that's not that that's not good joke it's not super not super funny no No. right like and it's yeah it's not funny it's not good like nobody felt good after it right it's not clever at all um it's not original it's that's just uh that's that's so bad that's so bad but um, you know, that's the, the kind of thing where like, that's the person who's wearing the kiss me, I'm Irish t-shirt on St. Patrick's Day too. Like, they, they don't really get it. They just like want to be a part of it. And I don't know. I, I like April Fool's Day okay. I think, um, I mean, for me sometimes, it's not like I do pranks or anything, but, um, I, I just enjoy uh, the art of pranking. Yeah, I feel like it's better on days other than April Fool's Day because people are primed. Like, you can do it any other day of the year and it, <laughs> it'll be less expected. Yeah. Can it, Okay, so here, let me let me ask you as the defender of St. Pat... Uh, <laughs> sorry, as the defender of April Fool's Day, give me an example of good prank and go. Well, one of my all-time favorites... And this is not, well, uh, this is a uh, a senior prank, not an April Fool's Day prank exactly, but it could be applied. One of my all-time favorites is uh, the old releasing two greased-up pigs, one with the number one painted on it and one with the number three painted on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is good. just, as far as I'm concerned, like, because there's so many layers to that one. Like, first you've got to chase down greased-up pigs, and then... You gotta wander around trying to find pig number two that doesn't exist. And that, right. I just, I, I love that. It's one. probably not great for the pigs. <laughs> Has anyone say. ever actually done two, that though? No. Is there a recorded instance of that happening? Because I feel like that's I, the thing, the kind of thing you hear in jokes that isn't. I don't know. I will say, I did in fact go to a high school where for the senior prank, we, it was a high school that had one of those one like, uh, it was a high school that had one of those uh, big outdoor areas that you could go and eat. So it was outdoors, but it was, like, in the middle of the school. Like, it was surrounded mm. by, like, hallways and stuff like that. And what they did was they took uh, the principal's car, 
took it apart <laughs> and then reassembled it inside of this area in and, oh, no. and it was fully functional like you you could turn it on and That's drive super it impressive that they right. were take the part and... there was barely enough room in this little outdoor <laughs> outdoor area like beyond what the car was and the like tables that they pushed to the outside so it's wild yes um that was that was something that happened uh, there's another one that i liked where uh there's a there's a prank war back in like 2009 on YouTube where this guy um took his friend to a a basketball game and like he was randomly picked with quotes for a half million dollar uh, shot. Oh, wait, I'm going to finish this real quick. 2000 years later. So I believe uh, that you have gone over time Every single round, which is actually kind of impressive, Nathan. Nope, not me. One of his talents. Not you, me. You specifically have gone over every single round. Oh, uh, <laughs> Mine was right. good. So, Andy wasted a bunch of time that round, I so uh, I just decided to take it back. It'll be fine. <laughs> I did? Andy, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk a little bit more about sports, but something a little more um Sports, sports, local. sports. Um, so, here in Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns recently traded for, um, and then signed to, uh, what is it, like, $230 million contract. Yeah, baby! Uh, one quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Woo! Now, Deshaun Watson has been, um, not indicted. The jury decided to not indict him twice. For sexual misconduct charges, criminal sexual misconduct charges. However, he is still facing 22, 22. lawsuits, civil lawsuits from women for sexual misconduct. Uh, the basic allegation <laughs> they, is that, so they are masseuses? Massage therapists? They're massager. Yeah, they do massages professionally. And, um, Deshaun Watson apparently would take his own special towel. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy has a few things to say on the subject of towels. A towel, it says, is about the most massively useful thing an interstellar hitchhiker can have. Partly it has great practical value. You can wrap it around you for warmth as you bound across the cold moons of Jaglon Beta. You can lie on it on the brilliant marble-sanded beaches of Santra Genus V, inhaling the heady sea vapors. You can sleep under it, beneath the stars, which shine so redly on the distant world of Cacrafoon. Use it to sail a mini-raft down the slow, heavy river moth. Wet it for use in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Wrap it round your head to ward off noxious fumes, or avoid the gaze of the ravenous bug-bladder beast of Trawl, a mind-bogglingly stupid animal. It assumes that if you can't see it, it can't see you. Daft as a brush, but very, very ravenous. You can wave your towel in emergencies as a distress signal. And, of course, dry yourself off with it if it still seems to be clean enough. Into these massages, and apparently, I guess, demand a happy ending. Um, and they are suing him. And he wow. says, well, I didn't do anything illegal. And apparently, that is, I guess, good enough for people, or I don't know what. Well, I don't know that the 22 women would agree to that. Right. Yeah. Can we get well, a lawyer fact check? Um, I mean, I think, I think maybe that is illegal. Here's the important thing about this. So I, I, a very, very common misconception 
that I want to just correct. And hopefully from now on, everyone in the country will get this right. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, the court does not decide if someone did something. The court decides if a person can be proved to have broken the specific wording of some legal document, knowing that those laws are probably written, you know, statistically speaking, uh, by white men who are probably already dead by now, most laws. Anyway, like, when you're talking about what happens in the court, and when you're talking about, like, oh, did the grant, did the jury find him guilty? Was he found guilty or not? It doesn't, that's, what that means is whether anyone could actually find enough proof that this person did this thing. And a lot of so times, I... those people get off on a technicality because the law is written funny, or they get off because there's just no producible evidence. Um, you know, especially a big problem when it comes to sexual assault and, and, and these, and rape kind of cases. So, um, I just don't feel like I don't understand why the court is the standard that we use, first of all, when he's got 22 cases, 22 allegations against him. And I know that they're all allegations, but right, everybody, like if you turn on the sports talk radio station here in Cleveland, you'll hear people calling up all the time saying, well, um, you know, they're just allegations. They're just allegations. Oh, these women hey, just you, want money. Wanna, oh, these these I, women just make right, this right. Up. I just want to bad. I just want to point out like those people calling in. Uh, I definitely people. know who they voted for for president. Yeah, right. Like for sure, I know who they voted for for president. <laughs> okay, um, way to make this about that. Well, but I do want to make it about uh, Trump a little bit because we talked about this exact thing during the Trump is bad or Orange Man is bad episode um, because. When we looked up the statistics, 96% of women who uh, make a claim for sexual assault are proven to be correct. So right. there's math you can do on this. And basically, it's a statistical impossibility. It is possible. Improbability. Statistically, it is like – Wildly like improbable. The chances, the chances of him being innocent are basically like non-existent. <laughs> Andy, I don't get to use this sound clip very often, so I would like to give you a math problem because you are oh. our math magician. Andrew, the math magician. Okay, every if every time X happens, so if every time something happens X, there's a ninety to ninety-eight percent chance that there is a true state of Y. How would you figure out how likely it is that Y would occur after 26 incidents of X? You would multiply. Does that make sense the way yeah. I asked it? Yeah. So, I mean, what we would do is simply multiply. So, 26 instances at probability of 0.994%. Yeah. Yeah. So, 24.44 times out of 26. So, about 24 and a half. Awesome. Donald Trump has been accused of rape or sexual assault 26 times by 26 different women. Uh, fun fact, women in general, when you're talking about false allegations, which Trump has said has happened 26 times now, uh, there is a 90 to 98% chance that women are telling the truth every time they make an allegation like that. Um, 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say like I, uh, he probably did that. Based on the fact that 22 separate women have accused him of the same thing, of the same thing. So he's like the thing is like they like I don't like think, including I don't, details like, I they would have had to conspire. Think, right. I personally don't think that he should be held legally accountable because I well, like if we can't prove it in court. That's that's what you get. Having said that, I'm not an idiot, and I can see what happened, and I am no longer going to yeah. go to a single Browns game or have any Browns merchandise or support the team in any way because this is what they've choos- chosen to do with $230 so, million. They've chosen to ignore the, the credible claims of 22 women. Because mm. they want to win some sports games. And let me tell you, like, I am with you, and I am even with you 200%. Because I have what? taken, like, this has just sort of been, and this has been something that I've been going through even maybe, probably since like 2020 or something. But I'm doing a lot of reckoning with my, the way I live in the world and the products I purchase and stuff. You know what I mean? And I, it, this is just really kind of, you hear that, Jeff Bezos? It's been a shocker. It's been like a shocker to my system, right? With, with sports, but sports in general. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I can't just be done with the, the Browns over this because if I'm being honest, it's the entire NFL. It's the whole, it's all, it's all of professional sports. Um, especially in America where, um, you can, if, any, if you can get, if you can get the courts to say you're not guilty, then and you're a good enough athlete, and you, you will get your payday. It does not matter what you do. We have had murderers playing sports. I mean, we're talking about Ray Lewis and Aaron Hernandez, and any and until up until the court says, "Oh no, no, wait, guilty." If the court doesn't say guilty, as far as they're concerned, oh, they didn't do it. What are you talking about? So yeah, and I mean, it's it is just it is a very awful. difficult thing to try and reform. Like, the way that our criminal justice system works. Like, I do still believe in innocent until proven guilty. But we've got to do something about, like, well, you know, if if it's just one person's word against another. And, like, we we got to start believing women. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of times these situations don't have the the level of scrutiny that we would like. And that's time. Right. Well, and I'm going to go over because Nathan did. Uh, How dare just you? This one comment. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. That innocent until proven guilty in the eyes of the law. Right? right. We still know yeah. that he is guilty, that he did, he crossed lines that he should not have crossed. But in the eyes of the law, okay. Yes, he but should also, be innocent like, until proven guilty. Anyway, that's my right. last comment. Also, he's he's a rapist, so let's just go with that. Okay. So is Ben Raplesberger. And is he? I didn't know. Oh that. yeah, there was a whole thing at at uh, Miami of Ohio. All right, time's anyway. time's up. Time yeah. time. No, that's, no more going over. We, that is pretty had, rich. Well, it's your fault. I think you specifically. I think it's your fault. I think Nathan. Pat Pat can go over once if he chooses <laughs> to, but the rest of us cut off. Speaking of cutoff, uh, Pat, what do you want to talk about? Okay. Chancellor Palpatine? Yes. (laughs) Let's talk about Chancellor Palpatine. It is with great reluctance 
that I have agreed to this calling. So recently, Pakistan uh, ousted its prime minister in a no-confidence vote. Um, and this story is really wild. So um, before being ousted, uh, this prime minister, um, his name is Imran Khan, he tried to dissolve the parliament. He tried to dissolve the National Assembly. Um, the Supreme <laughs> Court wound up having to take this case that was being made against him. And then he was finally ousted in a no-confidence vote um, after trying to dissolve the exact assembly that was getting ready to vote a no-confidence vote on him. So um, this is what's known as a constitutional crisis. When you have a leader that is trying to circumvent the Constitution, and it looks like for now, like this is essentially an attempted coup. He he was trying to hold on to power um, in a way that was not legal under the country's Constitution, and maybe, hopefully, it seems like he has been removed from power. Um, of course, it is a sticky situation generally. Um, but, um, one of the big factors is, um, support from the military and support for this guy in particular from the military has been waning. Um, which means that it might actually be possible to remove him from power and sort of, uh, you know, vote in order to democratically elect a new government after his removal from power. Um, but it is a very tenuous situation. And one of the wildest things is that um, he said that this whole uh, attempt to remove him from, from power, this whole no-confidence vote, um, was a plot by the United States specifically to remove him from power, <laughs> which Washington responded with, uh, no, we didn't. Which is, <laughs> it's tough because we're in a situation where um, this is the kind of thing that we do. It does right, kind exactly. Of, like it does kind I of mean, have our stamp on it. Um, wait, but we didn't. We, we didn't do this specific one. Hey, we, we didn't happen we, to do this one in in particular. Um, and I think, like you know, we do have. It's like when diplomatic. when like the uh, you know like the Zodiac killer uh, is like you know in his peak, and then some copycat pops up and and gets one. You mean Ted Cruz's dad? Right, Ted Cruz's dad pops up, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and and does okay. one like like almost exactly the same, and and Zodiac killers come out and, and with like a statement in the newspaper, like, well, that that one wasn't <laughs> actually me though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um so I mean we we do have rocky um diplomatic relationships with Pakistan. We we do have diplomatic <laughs> relationships with Pakistan and um like you know we did go into their country specifically to assassinate Osama bin Laden, which is That's not, not, not the greatest look. diplomatic move. Um, I mean, still, like, yes, we sh that's a th that's the thing that we should have done. Like, I'm a pacifist, and like, yes, like that's, that's not what pac like, there pacifism were, means. But right, that like there were like that's that's what we should have done. Like, we should have gone and like it's it's fine because they, they, they were rely hiding on him. our they rely on our markets for um, 
exports that we that we import from them uh like we're a big part of their economy um i think we are at a basic level um cooperative like it's not the same sort of like relationship that we have with iran or china or russia um, right i think i think it is friendlier than that um but we are pretty hands-off with um pakistan generally um but like i you know i'm just gonna say i don't think we did this one i i feel like <laughs> this guy trying to dissolve uh parliament in his own country um i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that i don't think he was probably a great dude to begin with um but you know i mean as an ignorant american like i didn't even hear about this news story until today so my opinion about it is worth whatever (laughs) you think it is right and it's like i always feel like we need to stress for like people happen to be listening to us outside of the u.s like we get very little of this news like we like Mm -hmm. When you find out about it, you you get like a snippet of it. And the only reason we heard about this was because it was interesting because of all the like political moving around that had to be done. Like otherwise, what we would have heard was that he was ousted and that would have been it. Right. But like what we heard was he was ousted and all this weird stuff ha- stuff happened in the Senate. Like – Right. I was alerted to this story by uh, my friend from the political dis- uh, discord who is Egyptian – um, but I would have never heard about this story, like, had he not pointed it out to me, like, I never would have found this yeah. story. In right, right. Place. yeah, and I mean, just for example, like, go back to when we were talking to Jen Briney about Ukraine, like, mm-hmm. we never, that none of that stuff was in our news. Well, right, like, it's that old joke, like, the way Americans learn about geography is when we go to war with somebody. Uh. <laughs> That's a good joke. One minute warning, by the way. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I read The Guardian a couple times a week, and so that's the way I sort of found out this happened. And like, but the thing is, like, you're trying to cram in a country's entire like recent history and sometimes like long term history into like a few articles. And like, I also have to do stuff today. Like, right. I can't like right. just read about Pakistan today. Um, but I am hopeful that their democracy will survive this sort of constitutional crisis. And I think that there are some good indicators that they will. Um, but unfortunately it is, it is a unsure, uh, moment in their democracy, which is right. a little worrisome. Mm-hmm. Anybody else want to get in a quick one in the last 15 seconds? Andy go. No. <laughs> and time. Just about. Yep. And that's time. <laughs> well. Cool. Like, Sorry. Man, is is a good thing, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think on my last one. So I was thinking about, so we had talked about this a little bit before and like we have a little, um, we, we keep track of all our information on Discord. And we have a bunch of different channels. And one of the channels that we honestly don't use that often is so we can post like science stuff, uh, to, um, Facebook every once in a while and things Ooh, like that. Yeah. I, I should use that one more for sure. Right. And like, I, I'm not 
calling this out because I, like, I'm trying to make you guys feel bad in any way, shape, or form. But what I wanted to talk about is, like, I had sort of mentioned, like, I tend to be the only one who posts in there. Like, not not always. But the kind of science I'm into, I would call, like, pop science. Because the kinds of stuff that you'll see on, like, so on Facebook, when your friends are posting stuff or whatever, it's going to be these, like, futurism links or these, like... Links that'll come from, uh, like, websites that are trying to come up with, like, an amazing, uh, an amazing headline. So, um, I posted in the last few months about, um, the United Kingdom declared, uh, octopi, squids, um, octopi and squids as sentient beings, which probably makes you feel a little bit different about, like, eating Mm -hmm. them. Um, scientists say they have discovered yeah. the cause of Alzheimer's. Mm, um, yay! I mean, that's really good. Um, Japanese scientists developed the vaccine to eliminate cells behind aging. Real quick. And specifically, that's about, like, skin cells now, but it could potentially lead to the reversing of aging on other types of cells. Wow. And mushrooms communicate with each other using up to 50, quote, words, scientists say. So what I wanted to talk about was like all those sound amazing to me and we could like we could pick any one of those to talk about. But I think the the thing about this is and the reason I call it like pop science is because these are like studies that are in such the infancy of like where where they are research that's in the infancy, but it sounds cool. Mm -hmm. And so they put it up as a headline. And I, like, I love that shit. I love it. But, like, if you go back and look at any of these in six months or a year, like, this will be the only reference to them. Because it turned out that this, like, super cool, almost, like, sci-fi, like, study, like, ended up going nowhere. Because, of course, it did. Right. And so, I think a lot of times, this is the kind of popular science that we see. Um and so I just wanted to talk about it a little bit in terms of like how does that make people feel about science in general yeah. when this is the stuff they're seeing and it never results in anything. I mean, I think this is the the kind of stuff though. I mean, at least for right now with where I mean, ugh, in western society, science is not popular or glamorous or exciting or headline grabbing really. These are your best shots at that kind of thing at at getting public attention and public attention is how you can start to have a chance at some funding and science is woefully underfunded so i'm really into you know pushing these kinds of articles out there because you've got to get people to see science and get excited um i i like going to exposés and and like i like watching ted talks for fun because i'm a nerd but the problem is that that's a thing that's a nerd thing right that's a oh it's 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 a not i don't want to say negative because nerds are kind of getting cooler in vogue now yeah but like yeah it is it is it is on the upswing and and that's why this sort of thing like it excites me because the articles you posted are from, I mean, The Guardian and The Japan Times, The Hill. These are major publications. And so one thing that kind of, oh, sorry, well, no, that's all. Go ahead. 
So, so one thing that annoys me is that like every couple of years, I will see uh, an article about Cold Fusion and like how we're like right. we're, we're almost there. <laughs> like, go to any day having, now. It's like great <laughs> this great breakthrough in Cold <laughs> Fusion, and like we still have not gotten any closer to <laughs> actually having stable Cold Fusion. It's like the plane on um, the tarmac but, with the pilot. Like twenty more minutes until we take off. <laughs> Um, so I'm not particularly hopeful for that in particular, but, um, like one of the ones that I brought up, um, I think maybe it was even like over a year ago now was, um, LIGO, um, the, uh, gravitational waves. They have these, uh, laser systems that are set up. Um, there's a few of them. I think there's one in Seattle, one in New Mexico. I might have to get fact checked on that, but I think it's New Mexico, um, they have these lasers that are set up underground. It's deep underground to try to like cancel out all of the vibrations that are coming from, uh, you know, interference, from noise, from earthquakes, seismic movements. They try to cancel out all of that noise and just measure, um, what they're hoping to find was, uh, gravitational waves from supernova colliding. Okay. And, um, they actually proved it a few years ago. Um, when both of these, uh, laser setups that were, you know, halfway across the country from each other, um, were moving at the same rate, um, very distinctly in the pattern that they would hope to see with two supernova, uh, colliding, um, it, it makes a distinctive noise pattern, um, that they were expecting to see, um, one minute, by the way. Um, and like what they proved is that like the fabric of reality <laughs> transmits gravitational waves. Um, and they, I believe won a Nobel prize for that. Nice. Um, so like that was one of the coolest ones and I might've talked about it on the show before, but like, I feel like that one doesn't get quite as much attention as it, as it ought to. How about this one? Yeah. Um, this woman, uh, in England named Joy Milne, Milne? Milne, uh, can smell Parkinson's before it could really? be diagnosed by like and and noticed by a doctor. Um, that's wild. Yeah, and did she say what it smells like? Uh, yes, but I don't remember, and I don't really have time to find it in the article. But I do want to say that they are developing machines to try and simulate that um that sense that ability. Um, they're not there yet, but they're that is time already. Ah, oh, damn! They're they're like about no, half. You're as cut effective. off. You're cut off. Nope, nope, nope. La, that la, is la. very cool. Though. Nope, it's pretty cool, We're right? Cutting it off. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't get to talk about how researchers found out that the louder a howler monkey is, the smaller its testicles are, and you so, don't get to talk about your. I think thing. that brings it to my turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Is it my turn? I think it's my turn. Sure. And uh, just to throw it out there, if you want, you could. We could talk about how scientists found out that the louder a howler monkey yells, the smaller its so testicles. I want to finish on a high note um, <laughs> by talking over Nathan again. I want to finish on a high note, um, kind of piggybacking off of Pat's topic about um, Pakistan. Um, I just want to read off for you guys a list of the countries that have had, um, 
coups or invasions or coup attempts or um, major political like assassination attempts or other activity like huge, violent, big, important, headliney nonsense, right? Sin- sure. Since in, in the last year or since COVID? Or- since 2020. Since beginning of 2020. Okay. Mali. And go. <laughs> Mali. Central African Republic. Tunisia. This was actually a self-coup, nice. apparently. Yeah. Guinea. <laughs> Sudan, Burkina Faso, Guinea-Bissau, Myanmar, the United States of America. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, yeah. Um, Bulgaria, Belarus, Thailand, Sri Lanka, Haiti, Ukraine. That does not include just all of the massive huge protest movements that have been popping up in dozens of other countries. Um, things like the BLM protests in, in the United States. There's been, there are protests in Poland. There are protests in, um, Germany, protests in UK, like protests in Russia, in, in Russia. So, and I mean, <laughs> I like, so when you're saying um, that, like I, I bring all I, this I, up. like in my head had like, Congratulations, you cooed yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh. <laughs> I still love the uh, the Myanmar the um, the chick who's dancing. She's like making yes. a dance video. So good. While, like, oh, a bunch yeah. of I have SUS I have that song stuck in my head constantly in a st- in a coup coup attempt. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a a crazy time, and I wanna um. And let me just double check the year here, but, um, so there was a year in, um, history, and I think it was 1868, 1869, that was, uh, maybe I'm wrong, it was the year of revolutions. In 1848-49, Europe was facing a crisis of ideas. Supporters of liberalism, nationalism, socialism, and monarchism were all struggling for the triumph of their vision. And the result was a wave of bloody revolutions. The There was this year where there just were, I mean, dozens of revolutions in countries all across Europe. Um, one after another, like dominoes, and most of them failed, but not all of them. But it just feels kind of like that now, where just so many countries are going through major political upheaval, military coups, where the military comes in and just takes over the government, or revolutions, or rebel groups who are, you know, like in Syria, that are battling out with, um, with the government that's really basically just a terrorist organization in the first place. Um, you know, and I think, and maybe we can do a whole episode talking about kind of like, you know, global politics and the democratic order and whatever. But, um, a lot of me really, I mean, I, I have to hope that like all of these things are trending towards, um, basically stomping out those kind of old world type governments, those, um, military, uh, um, you know, fascist, authoritarian, communist, um, whatever it may be, um, 
things. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, I'm, what they're doing is they're just trying I hope to... That these, I hope that it's sort of like death rattle. I'm trying... I want to I want to shut up so you guys can talk. I hope that it's sort of a death rattle for these well, sorts of I mean, old world I think governments. what it is is it's what we talked mm. with Jen about. The thing that she was saying about what we do is we're trying to turn every country, at least economically, into a Western European country. And, like, that's what these coups are about. Mm-hmm. Like... You can have whatever stupid religion you want or whatever. Like, we don't care about human rights. We don't care about anything as long as your economic system meets our standards and helps us make money. And uh, I I think that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty much right. all that's happening for the most part. There are certainly coups that happen outside of that, but I think they're probably few and far between. Well, and I, I would point out in particular that the U.S. very nearly had a coup – uh, in a, in favor of retreating from democracy Woo! back to yeah. authoritarianism, um, January sixth, baby. <laughs> which um, you know, bucking the trend um, because I think a lot of these coups are um, you know not all of them, but are are in favor of like you know more pro democratic mm. parties. Actually, I mean, some are. I think most of them are military coups, right? Well then, in I real just got time, <laughs> right in the segment. In real time, bow. I mean, I, um, I don't but have exact like one figures, of the things but... that interests me about this is like I wonder if that year. So you you said uh, was eighteen eighteen eighty nine eighteen eighteen sixty nine eighteen eighty nine. I can't remember eighteen forty eight forty nine. I wonder if it was a hot year, um, like. Just, like, weird little trivia like that kind of fascinates me. Like, I think one of the things is, like, people being fed up 1869. Uh, ni- 1869. Nice. Nice. Um, like, people being cooped up. People being, uh, you know, uh, oh. stuck inside for COVID and, like, looking for a reason to Wrong. go out and riot. 1848. Um, I was, yep, 1848. This is the correct year, 1848. Okay, 1848. I wonder if it was a hot year that year. Um, like, th- there are some very interesting statistics, like, you know, wars happening when the young population of males, like, exceeds a certain percentage of the population. Uh, that's one minute warning, by the way. Um, like, there, there are some very interesting, like, socioeconomic factors that, like, people don't often look at. Um, just, like, demographic shifts, like, the demographic shifts of, mm-hmm. uh, when people declare war. Um, I, I find to be really fascinating and like, <laughs> I might have to get a fact check on that of like, you know, what study concluded that like when young males exceed a certain percentage of the population, like it's very common to have a war, but, uh, I will pull that up and we can put it into the app. Yeah. Fact check, fact check, fact check. And welcome back to fact check. Hey. I'm as shocked as anyone, but as it turns out, there's actually information on this. In the study, Young Men in War, could we have predicted the distribution of violent conflicts at the end of the millennium from 2001 by Christian Mesqueda and Neil Warner? They asked the question, why is war so ubiquitous both historically and today? And they suggest the size of a country's young male population can tell us if that country will engage in war or suffer from civil unrest. Their theory, which they call 
the male age composition hypothesis challenges the environmental security field's traditional model, which views conflict as a result of a variety of interrelated factors, particularly population growth, resource scarcity, and environmental degradation. Anyways, the full study's in the doobly-doo, and let's get back to the show. Fact check, fact check, fact check. Can I, can I just say really, really quick, uh, I don't know anything about the temperature of 1848, but if it happened one year earlier, we wouldn't have known because Lord Kelvin invented the Kelvin scale in 1848, which is what lets us track extreme uh-huh. temperatures of hot and cold. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting. So, nice. uh, there you go. And that's what led to the thermometer. <laughs> and well, that's and super on, and super on topic. It was. It absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. was. <laughs> well, that was time. So cool. Cool. Uh, I think that's, Indeed. is that me now? Yep. For the last. I will say the there is segment? one thing that I'd eventually like to do an episode on, which is, uh, there, there are people who have done a study of what they think the worst year in history was. And apparently it was 536. Like there's, <laughs> there's like actual <laughs> like science behind like this was the worst year because of this and this and this. And there's all kinds of crazy stuff that happened that year. So, um, yeah, it was a bad I, year. I, I might be able to like fit it into a lightning round if I used all three of my segments on 536. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Maybe we'll do a mini on it. Ooh, yeah, that'd be fun. So what I would like to talk about is to venture into UK politics for a second. Um, I wouldn't have known about this story if it wasn't for somebody who uh, pointed this out to me who's actually from the UK. Um, But there is a a guy named uh, Rishi Sunak. He's apparently like the number three in the UK government. He's the Chancellor Exchequer. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, but that's my guess. Exchequer. Just Exchequer. Um, and, uh, he's under fire for this recent scandal. Um, he apparently, uh, you know, has a big hand in writing the tax code, and his wife owns a bunch of property that is being taxed as if she was a resident of India. Just because of like legal loopholes in the way that owning huh. land in the UK works. Um, and so now people are accusing him of having written the tax code particularly in his own favor. And <laughs> this is a thing that happens a lot. <gasps> I had like. Andy also came up with my reaction as well. <laughs> I would also like to do that gasp. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is my little foray into uh, like sort of the British tabloids of what's going on over there. Um, a couple interesting wrinkles about this. So um, if his wife had been registered as a resident for the domicile tax in the UK... Um, she would have paid 20 million more pounds in taxes, which is even more than dollars. Uh, I'm not sure what the exchange rate, but I'm pretty sure it's more than dollars um, in taxes. And it also has come out in sort of like the investigation over this that um, Rishi Sunak held a U.S. green card 
for the first 19 months in office, which meant that he was declaring taxes in the U.S. and paying U.S. taxes instead of paying taxes in the country where he was acting as a re- official representative of the government. Hmm, um, seems all sort all sorts of bad. Um, this is this is the stuff that the conservative party is doing in the UK. Uh, you know, amongst <laughs> the the Brexit type stuff. Um, it's a bad look, and uh, you know, people are now scrutinizing his whole record, which like you know um it's it's bad enough to have skeletons in your closet already but when you also uh have a bunch of tax policies that sort of like uh directly benefit yourself that is going to open up a lot more doors that might have been otherwise left closed (laughs) yeah well uh a dollar 30 is the answer uh the the pound sterling is one dollar to a dollar thirty in the U.S. Right. So twenty million pounds sterling is more, even more than twenty million dollars. What is that? An extra third. So it would have been like a six six million or twenty six. Yeah, twenty six million dollars. Um, not a small amount of money. Although, like when you're talking about taxes for a whole country, I mean that is a drop in the bucket. But uh, you know, for a personal. Uh, household income that is a an enormous amount of money well, to be paying less in taxes well first of all let me say a conservative politician using the law and his manipulation of it for personal gain i am shocked i am I shocked <gasps> somehow this became about republicans in the u.s hey I, that's not what i said that if that's what you choose to take from it that is on you i'm just saying uh is a conservative politician using the law to, uh, you know, personal gain. Um, but since like I don't know, I don't have a whole lot else to say on this topic. Like you guys, feel free to jump in. But I mean, I would like to spend a little bit of the rest of the time talking about um, a topic that came up a little bit during like our our break in between rounds um, is the ownership of stock by U.S. politicians. Um, Let's do it. Which is. It seems terribly corrupt, and like I'm sure that if we didn't have a legal way of doing it, that people would find other like back alley ways of doing it to be Ooh. even worse. But like maybe just don't. <laughs> I mean the fact that the fact that Nancy Pelosi's right. stock portfolio is like a, tr- a a thing that people use on Twitter and Reddit to actually make stock picks and are and beat the average right and this gives me a chance to on the democrats like hooray like nancy pelosi is 100 percent wrong on this um but she was pressured and is sort of like said she's open to it even though she's definitely not but she has to say that she's open to it because like yeah they like they all Mm -hmm. want money um and like if you if you set the laws that determine the prices of stocks and you're allowed to trade on those stocks and consistently do so and beat the market by a good amount, which Nancy Pelosi has done for a long time. Like, of course you don't want to change that. 
Right, and her her answer to a journalist on this question yeah. was infuriating. Yeah. She said the, basically like... Because this is a free market and people... We are a free market economy. They should be able to participate in that. <laughs> no, it's not free to the people who write the rules for how the market works. Right. And have, have insider information. Like, Congress gets information that the public does not or they get it before the public does oh yeah there was a, a whole bunch of re- um of representatives and a well of congress people who um made some stock trades based on the co- on the oh, coronavirus uh, information even though they didn't yeah tell monsters. us about um, it here's a real question and you know i i don't know that it can be answered how do you make people care more about like their constituents than they do about getting rich and using the job for that. Like, well, you make sure that the job can't get you rich. Yeah, like we we hold people accountable. Like, I think it would be a great thing if we just said, like, everybody who goes into government, like, you get a fixed salary and like you're going to be living like barely above the poverty line, and like that comes with the territory. Right, but don't worry, you can go into the private sector afterwards and make a crazy amount of money. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, that's a problem. But like, not in lobbying, cause I hate lobbying. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> sure. It's like, it's, you're not gonna make it go away though. It just like, I, 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 I don't know what you do to make politicians actually, like, care about the job more than they do well, about what they can personally get out of it. And that's. I mean, I would argue also that, uh, uh, I mean, a big part of the way to that is making, making them have to, appeal to what what the their constituents want in order to get elected in the first place as well so so election reform can go a long way to helping get you know put put people in office who are after the same things that their voters are and hold them accountable more easily i think one of the a big problem is that it's so it's way too easy for an incumbent to stay in office too yeah. I mean, that's time yeah Oh man, I'm not gonna have time for my two pigs f-ing analogy. Oh damn. damn. Oh, no. Yeah, I get that's all folks. Everybody go to Twitter for that for that tweet. <laughs> yeah. be hashtag two pigs uh, okay. That is the last uh lightning round, I believe. Uh yes. I mean not ever, yep. just for now, for this but episode, ever. It, oh, but it does still feel oh. kind of like a precious moment to me. Ah, damn it! You stole my line. It's great. Okay. Yeah. Precious moments. Awesome. All right. Well, do we actually have precious moments? Oh, so, uh, I do. I have. I have a cheap cop out one. It's going to be another. Go look at this YouTube video. Um, like we just covered. Like very briefly and just barely skimmed the surface of, uh, you know, the, the corrupt practice of politicians being able to buy and sell stocks. Um, one of my favorite shows that Nathan got me tuned on to, um, some more news yeah. has a great episode that is particularly about that topic and we can link it in the doobly-doo. But yeah, the systems that are built by old rich people to further enrich old rich people are going to be supported by all of the old rich people. So it kind of 
sucks that all of the people we've put in charge are old rich people. It seems like a design flaw. The idea that things are fine the way they are and this is how it is so this is how it should be only works if you're doing well right now. And for a lot of people in America, that is just not the case. That's my precious moment. <laughs> I will say that Shut show, up your keyhole. I love that show and it has made me way angrier about my politics than I was before. <laughs> like I love uh, their... Oh, but it's so... F- it's so funny and like and uh, like Cody is so great and you couldn't like have a better source show like they put it like everything they do they put it right there on the screen it's great but yeah mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan uh Nathan got me tuned into those guys um actually that guy but now he actually has but he has writers that do do it with him um and now he's yeah. got like secondary characters like he's got the sock puppet he's got his boss <laughs> Um, who I'm pretty sure he uh, just Katie, hired Katie over like Fiverr or something, but she's great yeah, too. Yeah, Katie Stoll uh, does the show with him, and she is fantastic. And uh, they did a podcast together for a long time, but I don't think it's happening anymore for some reason. So that was called Even More News. Um, uh, no, I think they. I, I believe they still do that. We can do, get a fact check on that, I guess. Anyway, that's awesome. Check out yes, some more news. Great. We'll put a link in the doobly doo. We'll, Go check them out. Doobs. And nice. maybe they'll shout um, us out too. Probably not. Andy, do you want me to go last so you can like your your uh, precious moment has the the uh, highest weight behind it? Yeah, do it. Sure. Okay, so uh, we have talked about this before. I talked to you guys about this uh, last week, and I love it. And I think both of you <laughs> thought it was a little childish, and I don't care. Um, <laughs> in terms of. Uh, Republicans being terrible people and being anti-child, a teacher has uh, sent out to parents and released this uh, this form uh, that other teachers can send out to their parents as well to make sure that they're doing their utmost, their best to follow the letter of the law in Florida now. Um, it goes like this. <clears throat> Dear Florida parent slash caretaker, the Florida House of Representatives has recently ruled that, quote, classroom instructions by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. To be in accordance with this policy, I will no longer be referring to your student with gendered pronouns. All students will be referred to they or them. I will no longer be using gender title uh, such as Mr. or Mrs. or make any reference to my husband slash wife in the classroom. From now on, I will only be using the non-gender title mix, MX. Furthermore, I will be removing all books or instructions which refer to a person being a mother or father, husband or wife, as these are gender identities that also may allude to sexual orientation Needless to say, all books that refer to a character as he or she will also be removed from the classroom. If you have any concerns about this policy, please feel free to contact your local congressperson. Thank you, Mix. I I don't believe what I said was that it was immature. I said (laughs) that that letter is fake and that there's no way that real teachers have sent that out. And you proved me wrong, apparently, (laughs) um, that... Several teachers have actually sent out this letter. Um, oh, for sure. But, like, what it strikes me as is, like, you know, if you're going to remove all literature that has any references to, like, he or she, 
Like, you're you're not it's, doing your your uh, students a favor. Absolutely, it's almost as if it's a terrible, stupid law that was written badly. Right. I mean, I agree. It's not like the law is not best for students in any like version of it. I mean, so I guess my reaction is not. Uh, I I agree with the sentiment of the letter that the law is jack and bad and not good and other euphemisms um or yeah, synonyms euphemisms. synonyms for bad um but it it's very much a tantrum me type reaction like, oh yeah, well, I'm gonna just throw it in your face. Right, and I, I think that, that letter, aspect this, of it kind of annoys me. I think this letter is doing, uh, more harm to even the cause than it is doing good. Um, because, like, you know, a lot of moderate parents, like, might be seeing this and, and saying, like, you know, well, that's, that's a pretty hyperbolic reaction um and like it gives another talking point to people like uh ben shapiro and tucker carlson like oh look at what these teachers have written like they want to teach kids to be you're not wrong but but that that would matter to me if ben shapiro or tucker carlson or florida republicans were acting in good faith or if this had any like they know for a fact that this is unconstitutional that it won't stand but they're doing it because they think it will help them in the midterms and the more conservative they can get because their base listens to them exactly i i don't like there's there's nothing good like all you can do is stand up to the law there's no like changing these people's minds or whatever like if you're a parent who doesn't know the right side of this issue to be on, then eat because you are a bad parent in every sense of the word. Well, and I think this this is civil disobedience in the best way in that it is civil obedience in that they're following the law that was written. Right. Well, I'm glad that you brought up civil disobedience because I think like the better stance to take would be like if you don't believe in the law – then, like, break it and get arrested for it and bring it to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's, I think that is a legitimately better path to take than just, like, sort of malicious compliance. Uh, like, you'll yeah. get on the malicious compliance Reddit and get some upvotes, I guess. Um, yeah, I think what, whatever, like, individually, like, independently wealthy teacher chooses to take that on i am going to fully support them as well but i think you can attack a stupid law from more than one angle at a time and i fully approve of this angle and again if the people who wrote this law or the people who support this law were acting in good faith or cared about their fellow fellow citizens then i would feel totally differently because we could have a conversation about it but they don't they're they hate children they hate families they hate the constitution and this is the result so right i'm I'm just uh, imagining a bad law i think that's their official policy is we hate children we hate families we hate the constitution right right whatever they say they mean the opposite like that's just how it goes with them i'm just imagining myself as a florida parent and getting this letter and being like more annoyed 
than anything. If you're annoyed, like I think the last sentence clearly points out, like if you're annoyed, as you should be, if you have any concerns about this policy, please feel free to contact your local congressperson because that's the person who can change it because the teacher's job is to follow the law and that's what this letter does. Mm. I I would be annoyed too. I think that is the correct response, but direct that annoyance in the right place because it's not at the teacher. Fair enough. That That is a precious moment. Anyway, Andy, you have the best precious moment. I am excited mm. to hear about it. Please tell us. I'm excited. Go. Well, I have a book recommendation for you guys. A book? That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. And this is a special book. Huzzah. And for the listeners. Um, it's a it's a romance novel. So, Ooh. you know, I know that that's probably not everyone's um, cup of tea, but just bear with me here. Okay. So, uh, future future Nathan, make sure to play some Kenny yeah. G under this part yeah. of the episode. Thank you. Uh, the title of the book is "Ladies First. The <laughs> author is Li- <laughs> the author is Liberty Adams. So, like here's a the, real um, like a the, real feminist book. It sounds like yeah, yeah. Here's the back cover synopsis. Okay. Yes. 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 When Patriot Mike rescues feminist Ricky from a post-Trump rally riot, the clash of opposites sets off sparks between them, but the gentleman giant refuses to leave the side of the spunky half-pint until he and his pickup truck deliver her home safe and sound. Ricky attends the rally to scoop the racism of the Trump crowd in a blog post, but she's forced to spin a false narrative when her mistaken assumptions fail to materialize. Of course, of course, yes, yes. (laughs) When Ricky's lies get Mike doxxed, and his construction worksite becomes the target of anti-fascist thugs, his righteous anger forces her to reckon with the truth. Ricky wants to fix the damage and regain Mike's trust, but that means facing the wrath of the liberal mobs. Will Ricky find the courage to leave the left for a lifetime of old-fashioned true love? Now, mm-hmm. I, I... Wow, that's good. I, if you are not on board yet, I'm going to read for you a few reviews. It's a tale as old as time. It's, uh, you know, opposites attract. Yeah. Right. Classic, I think classic that these romance were... plot. Right. Um, so a couple reviews without an audible edition of this, uh, without an audible edition, this novel is doomed to fail. Frankly, the target <laughs> audience for this work is far more comfortable burning books than reading them. <laughs> hmm. As a feminist who is against fascism, violence, sexual predators, and racism, I was afraid the writer wouldn't get me. Nope. She nailed my personality. Violent thuggery, disgust of men, especially those kind, respectful, gentlemanly type, and above all, the pure, unadulterated hatred of the color red. She really heard me. Perhaps I should go rethink (laughs) a few things. Maybe fascism isn't so bad after all. Touching women's genitalia without their permission shouldn't be vilified, and we should all wear vulgar t-shirts. Yes, Uh, absolutely. 1,423 people found that helpful. Uh, I do, I do like it um, when authors refer to their own female protagonist as a spunky half pint. Yes. <laughs> um, that's, that's good. This review um, titled, I've pooped better stories, sure, just sure. says, my shampoo bottle contains better literature. Ha! Mm, uh-huh. Got him. 
I will say there does appear to be exactly uh one paperback in stock right now uh available at 399 but here's the thing and you guys know i i don't give jeff bezos any of my money so i can't take advantage but if you have uh the kindle unlimited service you can just read this for free on your kindle hey, pretty exciting that's a deal that is a deal i mean only 399 again for the paperback so maybe worth it and only one copy left so um, Fly it off the shelves. Jump on it. Jump run, on it. Run and grab it. Um, I do uh, have one more review, which is a nice, a uh, nice one here. Uh, an honest review yes. in good faith to dilute the dishonest pile on is the name of the review. <laughs> it says, I do truly hate when things are dishonestly reviewed, Liberty. I do so loathe dishonest pilings on that that ignore the actual content of the book. As someone who's been involved in editing various creative projects for well over a decade, I feel like I can help push back against the dishonesty with some good old-fashioned truth. Your writing sucks. Your plot is delusive, <laughs> your characters are caricatures and stereotypes to a one, and the way you write various viewpoints makes me strongly suspect that you are an incel pretending to be a woman to deflect some possible angles of criticism. Your editor, <laughs> if you have one, should be embarrassed to have handed this back to you with the okay to go ahead. So, there you go. Go out uh, can and, I, go can out I and say, read it, folks. Can I add... I would just like to add one more thing about Liberty Adams on the back of the on the back cover. I found a picture and zoomed in on it. Mm. Um, about the author, mm. Liberty Adams lives in the wide open spaces west of the Rockies. She writes wholesome, light-hearted romance about patriots who love America, love our president, and best of all. Fall in love at the end of each story. <laughs> Liberty is the pen name of an author who wears the hats of mom wife, and community volunteer. She proudly owns and wears several assorted MAGA hats of her own. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's Liberty Adams. So if you weren't already running out to your local Amazon, like if you read this kind of story, you definitely don't have any like you're you're not rushing out to your local bookstore. You're going to Amazon for sure. Probably. But I, I'm just yeah, going to say anyway. still a better love story than Twilight. <laughs> there it is the best joke of the episode uh, and, and I absolutely think that I need to come up with a catchphrase hopefully we give you something to think about or, or read this week love you bye bye this book makes me sorry language was ever invented <laughs> yeah This is me testing my recording. How about those smooth baritone tones? Oh, yeah. We are recording. We are recording. No. Ironically, we do have time for losers because it's us, your hosts. Yeah, that's... As in, in, insinuating that we're losers. Because you were saying a song where the next line would have been "No time for losers," uh, and and we are the and losers, I was saying yeah. we are the losers. We're here, and 
there's a significant amount of time, if we do it right, about an hour and a half. 